It's Wednesday, March 16th, and this is Goodwill Talk Daily. Great to be with you again as we are working through 2 Timothy together. Thank you for joining us, spending some time today in the Word and in prayer. Uh, This matters to the Lord, and it is good for you, good for your growth, good for the building of your roots that fruit might continue to flow out of your life, that you might be more joyful, more self-controlled, that you might love deeper. The fruit of the Spirit is developed as we feed the roots that are buried into the Scriptures. This is the soil that gives the nutrients that we need, our relationship with God through the reading of His Word and through prayer, through spiritual disciplines, through weekly worship. These things strengthen us that hopefully our lives would begin, uh, continue to be transformed more and more into the image of Christ, that our minds might be renewed, that we might see things differently, that we might think things differently, that our hearts would be turned away from the things of this world and towards Jesus Christ, that what we love and who we are might pour out of us into the lives of others. So let's turn to the Word together. We are looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read for us verses 8 through 10. There's a, there's a bit of a, a, a current that runs through these couple of verses, so I want us to catch them all together. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. We're in verse 10 today in this maybe uncomfortable phrase for some, therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect. What does it mean to be elect? Well, this is a word that really does get a lot of people flustered. It's a New Testament word. You don't see this in the Old Testament, at least not in the ESV. The concept, however, is found in the Old Testament. It goes all the way back to the choosing of Abraham to be the father of his people. God chose Abraham out of a land that that, uh, he had grown up in, that his ancestors had roots in, and said, I want you to start walking and I'll tell you when to stop. He chose Abraham, and the Scriptures, if you go back to Genesis, the Scriptures give us no reason for why God chose Abraham. Why didn't he choose the guy next door to Abraham? We don't know. We do know that God does nothing without his goodness coming to bear on it. It was out of his goodness and out of his love for Abraham. He chose Abraham and chose to love Abraham for no other reason than he chose him. And throughout the Old Testament, we see God build his people. They even would call themselves the chosen people, the Jewish people, those that God had chosen as his own nation, that he would be their God and they would be his people. And he does this for them, even through slavery in Egypt, to the promised land, through exile, through the return from exile, to that period in between the Old and New Testament where there's wars and the Maccabees take over and they run the country for a while and then the Romans come in and they take over from the Greeks who had taken over. It's 
It's a messy history. But throughout, God was faithful to his people, and it was out of his people that his son was born, Jesus Christ, the Israelite, the perfect one, the one more perfect than even the greatest of kings like David, more perfect than even the greatest of prophets like Elijah, more perfect than the lawgiver Moses himself, even more perfect than the father of Israel, Abraham. Jesus, the one who came to save the Jewish Messiah, who came to save not only his Jewish brothers and sisters, but all who would put their faith in him. And that group, that group of all who would put their faith in Jesus Christ, that is the elect. Now, whenever you talk about the elect or election, people like to get into the predestination versus free will debate. And we could do that today, but we've got like four minutes left. And I don't think that's what you want to do with the rest of your commute to work or your break uh, during the work day, or that's definitely not what you want to listen to right before you go to bed. But here's what's incredible about this. Uh, Aside from the predestination free will debate, here's what's incredible about this word elect, this word of being chosen by God. That means that he looked at you in your sin and in your brokenness, and he said, I love you. I choose you. Even when you couldn't choose him because you were dead in your trespasses and sins, he looked at you and said, I love you. I choose you to be my people. That group, that church that Jesus died for, that's why Paul is willing to suffer. It's for them that he is willing to endure everything. It's for the sake of the elect, for the sake of those that Jesus loves so much, he died for them on that cross. It's for those who've experienced new life, kingdom life, through his resurrection. Now, I know that doesn't answer all the questions. But I want you to think about the love that God has for you. He loved you so much that he died for you. Even while you were yet a sinner, he died for you. Because he loves you. If you go to another New Testament author, his name is John. He says that we love God because he first loved us. Before we could love him, he loved us so much he sent his son for us. This is where John 3.16 comes into play, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life, eternal life. What love that he would look at us and say, I choose you anyway. No matter what you've done, no matter what has happened to you, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that is evidence, that is proof that he looked at you in all of your mess and said, I love you anyway. Oh, I hope you feel that love today. I hope that wherever you are in your day as you're listening, that you would feel the truth of this. He looked at you and said, I love you. And there's so much in the world that would say, no, that's not true for you. And the enemy would get into your ear and say, no, that's not true for you. And your flesh and your past sins and your weaknesses, all of them are going to flare up and say, no, that's not for you. But the word of God, 
the word of God that cannot be chained by any false thinking that cannot be stymied by any enemy. The word of God says, God loved you so much that he chose you in spite of all of your mess. And he saves you and he pulls you out of that mire that you might be his bride with no blemish and no spot. Can you imagine the depth of love that God has for us? I don't even have words to describe it. He looks at you and says, I love you. Wow. Let's pray together. God, to know what it is to be loved like this, that no matter what mess is in our lives, no matter the things we have done, you look at us and you say, I love you. We praise you. We thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to save us, to rescue us, to free us from the bonds of our sin, that we might live in your kingdom, that we might be granted entry, that we might have resurrection life even now, that you did all of this for us because you love us, God, it is beyond description. I don't have words. Help us, Lord, to sit in this amazing truth. You love me. Oh, we love you too. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. See you tomorrow. Good, we'll talk to you later.